Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When is it ever enough? In 1890, when John D. Rockefeller was the richest man in the entire world, someone asked him, how much money is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. <laughs> With this mentality of just a little bit more, will there ever truly be enough? In our story for today, Jesus is teaching a crowd, a crowd of thousands, so many people that they were trampling each other. This is Jesus's big teaching moment, and he's got a lot to say, but then he's interrupted. He's interrupted by someone who says, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. Seriously? Jesus is teaching about caring for others about living faithfully in a dangerous time. He's just cast out demons and told the story of the Good Samaritan, and he's about to offer up some of my very favorite advice. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. So Jesus is pretty busy, and someone interrupts him, looking for him to, dis to settle a dispute over money is this really why God became incarnate on the earth? To settle an inheritance dispute? In fact, there were already clear laws in the land about how sons would divide their father's inheritance. I think if I were Jesus in this moment, I would be pretty mad. I might lose my temper. Or actually, if I was my very best self, perhaps in that moment, I would set up a mediation between the brothers. But Jesus doesn't do either of these things. While he may be angry, he doesn't dismiss the man from the crowd, and he doesn't try to solve the man's problem. Instead, he uses this interruption as a teachable moment. He tells the story of the rich fool. Now, the rich fool's problem isn't that he's rich, it's that he's greedy. And really, at the root of his greed, is fear and a grasping after of elusive happiness and security. He's made a good crop, better than any year previous. He has more than he needs, but rather than seeing this abundance as a blessing, perhaps even a blessing to share with others, he sees the surplus as a challenge. Maybe as he was sowing his wheat in the field, he thought, if only I can get a good harvest, then I'll be happy. But now that he's got his plentiful harvest, he's telling himself, if only I can build a bigger barn to store all of this, then I'll be happy. He says, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for yourself for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. I, I, mine, mine, me, me, me. But we know that won't be the end of the story. The next year, he'll either have a smaller crop that won't fill his new barn and he'll be unhappy, 
or he'll have an even bigger crop, and then he'll have to tear down his new barn all over again. God knows it too, and this is why God calls the man a fool. The word fool occurs only one other place in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verse 40, with reference to the Pharisees. There too, foolishness is associated with greed and with the neglect of justice and the love of God. At times, we too are foolish. Our reality is that no matter how much we have, we are always aware of things that we don't have. We are bombarded by marketing wizards whose job it is to convince us of all the products we need to complete our lives. And so we never quite feel that we have enough. Look, there is no number of shaken iced espressos that will bring you lasting joy. It's just true. And no, no, no number of social media followers who will make you more beautiful or more blessed in the eyes of God. You cannot buy your way into God's grace. Can our wealth secure a relative degree of comfort? Certainly. Can it grant us confidence that we are worthy of love and honor? Certainly not. Can it help us to be in right relationship with God and neighbor? Nope. In fact, sometimes it gets in the way. We can become consumed by our need to consume and miss the bigger picture of what's really important, of the ways that we can help others and build up a community together. We need Jesus to interrupt us with this story and hold up a mirror to our own foolish ways. Jesus concludes that this is how it always is for those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. Those two notions of storing up treasure and being rich toward God are verbal forms with the same root as the noun treasure, an adjective rich. In other words, it isn't a question of something that we happen to have or a characteristic among many. We actively choose to do one thing or the other, to store up treasures in the hopes of gaining comfort or security or even immortality versus the path of faith, which puts trust in God and in the community. We are either rich with barns or rich with God. It is this path of faith that makes possible things that might seem impossible, like the multiplying of loaves and fishes, or the sharing of a meal of love passed down through millennia. Only when we recognize that the gifts of ultimate worth, dignity, meaning, relationship, are just that, gifts offered freely by God, only then can we hope to place our relative wealth in perspective and be generous with it toward others. And so how do we choose to be rich with God? We look outward rather than just at the things in our hands. We fight against our media-driven impulses to consume more and more, more plastic, more fuel, more junk, knowing that when consumerism consumes us, it also harms the planet and the health of the whole ecosystem. And we put trust in God.
to grow and multiply our blessings and resources. And so God calls us to share them. And we do so to make possible incredible things. At Old South, we are incredibly blessed with resources. And so God calls us to share them, which makes possible the work of organizations like the City Mission Society and Healthcare Without Walls. So, I hope that you will go out into the world this week and think a bit more about how you can practice being rich with God. But I want you to know too, that even if you get it wrong, as wrong as the rich fool or the interrupting brother, God will still bless you with riches that can never be taken away, of dignity and beauty, forgiveness and grace. Those gifts are yours, no strings attached, freely given in love. Amen.